And uh, we are on part two of that. We got launched last week with, uh, with what really is trust. If you missed that, please get a hold of that on the website. You can download it and listen to it. Um, if you'll go ahead and grab your notes, then we're going to just go ahead and jump right in here. And I left my Bible in my bag. All right. Well, Luke chapter 16, verse... No, we just did that one. I'm looking at the wrong part of my notes. Um, let's just go ahead and start with the, your bullets and what I gave us as our launch to, to think together here. Our mission is to help people to know God better and to trust Him more. Trust or faith is the central ingredient to living the new life that we have in Christ. Now see, it only makes sense for you and I to trust, the, uh, trust all of our tomorrows to the God of yesterday, today, and forever. See, we're looking at trust, which is this, this act of faith, this walking and in, in taking God's word at the truth and holding it and making our decisions based on that, not based on our own understanding. We looked at last week that we, while we're breathing oxygen here, there are, there are two realities here. We've said before, life and death, blessing and cursing, and we're to choose. So as we're choosing, we need to find out what God is saying on the issue and choose that. And that's what we're looking to do about with our future. That we have to trust God with our future. And sometimes that is, can be a little bit difficult. That's where people get into worrying about tomorrow and the next day and 20 years down the road. When really the only day that we have to actually live is right now. The only day we have to live is the one we've got right this very moment. One of the scriptures that I just want to play as a foundation, we sang about it just a minute ago, here is Hebrews 13.8. When it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll tell you what, when you understand that, that's why this Bible is so important. Because when we see the ministry of Jesus, we see how, how the Holy Spirit moved in the early church. And then we understand that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then he's given us this picture. Now, he didn't give us all of, the, all of Christian history. We couldn't lug that in. We need all need carts pushing that in here. So what he's given us and inspired the Holy Spirit to how this sucker got started, how this, this relationship with him through Christ got going. And now we understand that how to live this life of faith as we see how and learn who God is and who Christ is to us. And that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So many of y'all are familiar with my story. And it's, when I think about trust, it's my number one big story that pops into my head um, whenever I was graduating from Permian almost decades ago, a long time ago, um, then uh, I had some money in my pocket, there was bungee jumping was a new thing kind of there, and uh, they had a big crane there in Odessa, which is flat, heads all lit up, you could see it for forever, so I went and I was going to bungee jump. Well, one of the things I did first is I watched and I saw person after person ride that thing up, jump off, come down fine, ride up, come down fine. So I laid out my money, I got harnessed up, I rode up to the top, and I had this conviction that that thing was going to be the same 
a couple of minutes ago, now, and three jumpers later. But something happened at the top of that crane. I was excited. You, you see, if you've seen the video, I'm just, I'm just wired and, and amped up. But something happened at the top when that thing came to a top. And I looked out on that sky and I could see Midland. And I was like, I'm entirely too high up in there. And it was my turn to completely trust this big overgrown rubber band. And totally rely on. See, that's what trust is. Trust is to totally rely on God. And even though I had watched and I had seen these things, there came this moment where I had to, I had to finally totally rely on it. And I had to step outside of the comfort of this little cage, take the knowledge that I had done, the investment that I had made, and actually rely on this thing. And I want to tell you what, there were some of those cowboys there They'd had this thing set up at a bar. I guess they had to get most people pretty drunk before they'd do it. And uh, so I, and, but anyways, I'd seen these cowboys just jump off of there and do flips and do all this glorious stuff. And, uh, you know, mine was not pretty. And I got up there and I held on and I started to go down and I chickened out twice. And I was up there a long time. And finally I went down and I was hanging onto the edge and I just lowered myself that finally... My rear end was just so heavy hanging over the edge that I just kind of let go. And, and uh, instead of this glorious jump and swan dive, uh, I looked like a little dead bird falling out of a tree. And I really did. I mean, I was just, I was just stuck like that. And I didn't breathe the whole way down, which wasn't very long. And then when I felt that thing catch, oh, man, that was, I can still feel the excitement. It was incredible. That, wow, this thing really works. Well, you know what? This life of faith, it's so neat to watch other people take, you know, the truth of God and just live this awesome, glorious life. And they just walk out there and do these things. But you know what? What, it, what really matters is finally putting it in there. And most of us do it more like I did. And we kind of let go going, all right, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And it's not pretty, but it's faith. And it works. You know, we don't have to wait to, to actually trust God until we have the courage enough to jump out there and make it look pretty. We just have to finally do it, folks. We just have to finally say, I am choosing your way, God. And it may be a little uncomfortable, and it may not be impressive to anybody, but I'm going to get the experience, I'm going to get the life that you bought for me with your son. That's what this life of faith is about and see understanding that he is the same yesterday today and forever becomes a foundational truth in our lives that when we see god's favor being walked out through the scriptures and in other people's lives that we know they become these things that encourage us that you know what i can trust god too let's look at romans eight thirty-seven through 39 it says no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Right there, nestled in the middle of all that other stuff, is the present or the future. He's convinced that not what I'm going through today and not what I may face tomorrow. Nothing 
is going to separate me from the love of God. And we have to have that just down deep on the inside of us so that we don't have the fears of tomorrow ruining our todays. And for us to do that, we've got to put tomorrow in its proper perspective. Okay? We have to understand the limits of tomorrow. You know, we, everybody thinks about tomorrow being this wonderful, limitless day. Well, I tell you what, why don't you go try and get some, uh, some free crab at Joe's Crab Chat? Because it says, free crab tomorrow. That's what it says. And then you show up, and guess when the free crab is? Tomorrow. Nobody gets any free crab at Joe's Crab Shack because tomorrow never, ever comes. See, tomorrow can't be lived today. That's why we can't overly dwell on it. That's why we can't overly get it, get it weighed too heavily in our lives because it can't be lived today. Proverbs 27.1 says, Don't boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. And then on the other side of the coin, we have this one, don't boast about tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, I'm going to, well, you know how many days I was going to go running tomorrow? You know how many weights I was going to lift tomorrow? You know, all these things, how much money I was going to save tomorrow. Next month, this is what we're going to do. This is I'm telling you what, we all have those in our lives. Guess what happens? The choices we make today, that's what happens. That's what changes things so we can't boast about tomorrow but also let's look at what jesus had to say in matthew 6 34 says therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own each day comes wrapped up in its, its with its own little box of things to deal with and we need to make sure that we're not trying to deal with the, the things of tomorrow and let it mess things up. I love the way the message translation reads in this passage. And we're going to expand and get, catch some few verses before the 434. It says, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Everybody say, relax. Relax. Some of us just need to chill out. You know what? Some of us just need to dial it back a little bit and just chill out. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. You know, I love the way that's written because so many times we can be pursuing one thing and we're missing something else God's trying to get into our life because we're fixated over here. We're totally missing some blessing God's bringing from another angle because we're fixated on something else. People People who don't know God, remember we're about knowing God better and trusting Him more. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over all these things. See, we leave it in God's hands. He's dealing with it. But you know both God and how He works. Steep your life in God reality. God initiative. God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what he may or may not ha- or may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. See, I wrote this in here because some of you are going to just need to take this home and understand it. Too many people ruin today by fearing that tomorrow will be like yesterday. Too many people do that. We have a rough day. We have a rough go. Things don't go quite right. 
and then we ruin today being afraid that the next day is going to be the same. I'm telling you what, that's one of those things that just keeps on rolling and keeps on going. I love what Corey Tim Boom has to say. She says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Now, you have, if you're not familiar with Corey Tim Boom, you have to this helps put this in perspective that her and her family helped hide a bunch of people during the, during the time of the Holocaust, during the Nazi regime. And they were there in Holland, and they helped hide. Her and her family were eventually busted for that. They were eventually caught and were put into prison camps. Her, mo- her mother died in a prison camp. Her father died in a prison camp. Her sister died in a prison camp. And but she, this is what she had to say. If anybody had a reason to worry, they had reason to worry. They were doing things incredibly illegal that carried a, a death mark on them for doing it. They had plenty of reasons to worry. But she found that if she worried out tomorrow, today's strength was gone. Was gone. I tell you what, I, I, anytime I get into worry, it just absolutely sucks the life out of me. It is absolutely destroys it. Matthew thirteen eighteen through 23 says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Now, we've, many of us are familiar with the parable of the sower. Jesus tells a story that says, you know, a sower went out and sowed some seed. And some of it fell on the, the road, and some of it fell on the rocky soil, and some of it fell among some weeds, and some of it fell on good ground. And then this is what takes place in each one of them, and he is explaining this. And we have to remember that the sower sows the word. That is what Jesus says a few verses earlier. It says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. Anyone who hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only for a short time. And when persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. All right. Now this is one where he gets excited. You know what? I am, we get a hold of the truth that I am totally free in Christ. I am totally free in Christ. You know, I don't have to work to earn my salvation. I, I receive it by faith. And then I live and in righteousness before God by the power he puts in me, not trying to earn something. You get a hold of that. And you get a lot, it gets alive in you. And you, you, you get a hold of that. And then all of a sudden this, this condemnation comes or maybe somebody comes and goes, Nat, <laughs> whatever, buddy. There's no way you're saved. You need to go do something. You need to go do, undo some things. You need to go do some things right. And then all of a sudden, persecution is coming. It's being challenged. And he says, no, nah, Jesus' blood was enough. And then, no, 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 but I'm telling you, here's, here's scripture and verse. And, da, 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 and, and you know, you, you totally, you got to get on the ball, man. And he's, he's like, no, and the persecution is coming because of the word. And if we're not solid in it, then boop, we'll leave it. And then it totally is destroyed of any life that it was supposed to bring. It says, then the one who received the seed that fell among thorns 
And this is where I think a whole lot of us fall with a whole lot of these truths about trusting God. The one of the seed that fell among thorns is the man who hears the word of God. Okay? And it begins to sprout and it begins to live. It says, but the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. Now, see, this thing grows up among thorns. And for a long time, I used to think, okay, the, the first one, of course, didn't even germinate. So, of course, it didn't work. The next one grows up real quick, and then it doesn't last. It scorches, and, and it says that plant dies. It dies, okay? Then I thought the next one did, too, that it got choked out, you know? If you choked me, I, you know, I would, my next thought is death, you know? You know? And so that's why these big old bruisers, man, they'll tap out because they don't want to die. And they're in that UFC stuff. They, they use these chokeholds. Well, what's happening here is this thing is growing, but the, uh, all these other things are choking the plant's fruitfulness. It doesn't say that the plant is dead. It simply says it's not bearing any fruit. So then you look at it and you inspect it and you say, hey, plant, didn't you take that word? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally germinating. I'm growing. I'm, I'm here. I'm good. Well, where's the fruit? I don't know where the fruit is. I'm, you know, I believe it. It's there. I haven't abandoned it. Well, what happened with these other things have begun to choke it out? You know what's cool about this one? Is all it takes is some little pruning of some of the worries of life and all that. And then, whoo, the fruit can grow. You don't have to re-get the seed again. It's already alive. It's already there. Just get rid of the worry. Get rid of that junk. Get rid of the stuff that steals it. And woo, the fruit starts to grow. It is so awesome. And so many times, that's what I'm believing as we grow in this, is that some of this will just be a little bit of pruning, and we grow in this. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. And he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. See, this worry thing, it chokes the life out of us. We have to make sure that we are not fretting about tomorrow. And I tell you what, just let's just think, you know, the next month, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Is there this overwhelming sense of peace? Or is this, you kind of, I really don't want to think about what's up this next month. I really don't want to think about what next week is. What's kind of your first reaction? They kind of help you judge what's, what's, what's kind of rolling here in your life. And you can take that to God and say, God, I don't, I don't want to think about the future and get all uptight about it. The other thing we need to understand about tomorrow is that living today in true trust lays the foundation for tomorrow. Okay? When I talk about resting and talking about the fact that we can't, we can't you know, live tomorrow, that doesn't mean that we don't plan that doesn't mean that we don't do the things we need to do today because we do have tomorrows to live, okay? And so we're going to see this truthfully in the Word, okay? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The message translation says, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living it's our handle on what we can't see see understanding of what that god's got tomorrow that is our handle so that we can live today the way it needs to be lived 
Okay? There are decisions that have to be made today. There are things that have to be done today. And understanding that God's got tomorrow, let's just focus and deal with the things that we have to do today. See, Proverbs twenty three eighteen says, There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Well, that hope that we grab a handle of is what? We do that via trust, via our faith. It is that certainty of the things that God has laid up for us in the future. Now, I'm going to tell you, there are a couple of different ways of kind of looking at tomorrow, okay? And kind of where you, you push off today, all right? Where you don't do today right, where you're not living it in true trust. First one we're going to look at is Isaiah twenty two thirteen. It says, but see... There is joy and revelry, slaughtering of cattle and killing of sheep. That that means there's going to be a feast. It's a good thing. Eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink, you say, for tomorrow we die. Let's party right now because tomorrow's going to stink. Okay? All we got is today, baby. Let's just live it up. Okay? And that is frittering away today because you have no hope for tomorrow. Who cares about tomorrow anyways? Tomorrow's going to be cruddy. Why do we really need to do anything? Why would we really need to be diligent anyways? That is a false idea. That is something that should not be there. But if you have no set hope for tomorrow, you will goof off today. That is what this scripture is. Let's just, who cares? Who cares? We don't really have any plans for tomorrow. Let's burn the whole paycheck today, baby. Let's just go out to eat. Let's go on a trip. Let's do all this kind of stuff because we don't really, tomorrow, who knows anyways? Tomorrow's going to be bad. Let's just make, it, let's make today good. That's the wrong mentality. We won't walk in true trust today. See, there's no trust. There's no faith in that. It's not having this handle on that God's got tomorrow. So you know what? I've got to do the right thing today. There's some things I need to do today. Paul pulls it out right here in 1 Corinthians. He says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained if the dead aren't raised, if there isn't a hope, if there isn't a future, if Jesus didn't really come to, to bring us an eternity, well then, let's, let's eat and drink for tomorrow to die. Let's party. That's what Paul said. If there isn't any real hope in the future, let's just party it up right now. And a lot of people get wrapped up in not walking in true trust today because they don't really have any hope for tomorrow. Okay. Then there's the other side of the coin. Okay. And then we're going to look at it in just a minute. It says, but just like we can't pull tomorrow into today, we should not try to push today into tomorrow. Okay. You cannot say, well, I'm trusting God as a reason for procrastination. Well, I'm trusting God with that. Okay. I tried that before. It doesn't work. I can be as good a procrastinator as anybody on the face of the planet. And I'm naturally a person that believes tomorrow is going to be awesome. And so it's real easy. Oh, yeah, tomorrow will be great. I can just put it off till then. All right, this is just absolutely wrong. Let's look at Proverbs 3.28. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later. I'll give it tomorrow when you have it with you. This is a, a little snippet of... Don't put off tomorrow. What you just need to do today? What's the right thing to do today? On anything. 
Maybe, you, maybe there's a place of you need to have a, a difficult conversation with somebody. Maybe you're needing to do some apologies. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Trusting God with your tomorrow means doing what we need to do, what the Holy Spirit's asking us to do today. That's part of trusting Him with our future. I'm going to deal with today, right? He's going to handle the tomorrow part. Okay? Now, I, there was a, I've always had some sort of project going on in my house. And uh, one day, I uh, had a, was building something. I don't remember what I was building. And I was using my circular saw. And I had left it out on the back porch, out on the back patio. And uh, it was kind of threatening rain a little bit. And I had, had, a, had worked all day, and I was tired. And I crawled into bed. And I was, man, I was snuggled down in bed. And you have those things where your mind just kind of begins to roll right as you're going to sleep. And I remembered that saw laying out there. And the uh, saw was a gift. It was important to me. Then, you know, this, the saws aren't cheap. And uh, so, you know, I, I did the right thing. You know, I went to God in prayer. Oh, I did the right thing, you know. And I immediately, I said, God, you know, I'm snuggled up right here. Lord, please just uh, just, just protect my saw, Lord. Don't, don't let it get rained on. Now, the saw is just outside the door. The saw isn't 30 miles away or on the other side of the planet. The saw is right there. And so, and boy, I'm feeling real good about myself. I prayed for my saw. And... Uh, I just sit in the snow back down. Man, the Holy Spirit just rebuked me. And uh, God, I just felt God speaking in my heart. He says, I do what you can't do, not what you won't do. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy, I put my pants on. I prayed some more. wasn't about that saw. It was, oh, Lord, forgive me for my laziness. And I went and put that in, and I tell you what, that has just that foundational little conversation has just helped me on so many things, you know. Because there's a lot of things that we want to try to take to God in prayer that it is our way to avoid it. Well, I'll just pray, I'll just give it to God, and I, I don't really want to do with this. I don't want to have that tough conversation. I don't want to deal with that. I, oh God, you know, help help us with our finances because I don't want to, you know pare down or budget better you know bring us more instead of being wiser with what we've got you know all these different things no there's some things that we have to do with our today that is a response to us truly trusting god tomorrow okay he is in our get out of jail free card and just whatever we don't feel like doing we kind of kick his direction no, he, there are things God carries on himself that he takes responsibility for and says, you trust me wholly with this. But there are other things that are our responsibility. That's why he, it is so cool that he has invited us to be sons in the kingdom. Well, guess what? Those little princes, of the, that's what we are. Princes and princesses, all of us under the king. We're his children. They still have responsibilities. They still have things to, 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 to do. <clears throat> then on the other end of the question, well, the nine, <clears throat> oh my goodness. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. Seize the day. And Isaiah fifty six twelve. This is the other end of the thing. This is the positive end of procrastination. Come, each one cries, let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer. And let, for tomorrow will be like today or even far better. 
See, this is, there's the people who say, let's just kind of do whatever we want to today because tomorrow's going to be cruddy. And then there are people who say, we can do whatever we want to do today because tomorrow's going to be awesome. And both are wrong. Okay? There are some responsibilities we have to do. Part of trusting God with our tomorrow is being responsible and, and doing and trusting Him and walking in obedience today. James 4 says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year here, there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanish. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. When anyone who knows the good that he ought to do, and he doesn't do it, that is sin. That was me laying in my bed. I know the good I needed to do. Go get the darn saw and bring it in out of the weather. And I didn't want to do it. And to have done it would have been to, to miss, to be irresponsible. And that, that, would have been, that would have been a sin. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. First Peter 5, 7, Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Now see, this doesn't say that it's wrong for anxiety to show up. Because see, there's, it says, cast your anxiety. Anxiety may try to jump on you. But there's something we're supposed to do with it. We're not supposed to keep it, coddle it, and give it a name. Put it on the shelf and have a little anxiety collection. No, as soon as an anxiety shows up, you, whoo, it's like a hot potato. All right, I'm kicking that over to God. We cast all of our anxiety. Don't get under condemnation if all of a sudden you get a little bit fearful about something. Just kick it over to him. Go, oh, yeah, I don't, have to, I don't have to do that. That's his responsibility. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. See, as we grow in knowing all that God has provided for us in Jesus, then we can choose to simply trust him with all of our tomorrows and live the life that is truly life. See, the biggest tomorrow that you and I face is this big one that has a name all of its own called eternity. It's this tomorrow that comes after all of our earthly tomorrows are done. And so what we want to do is make sure that everybody has that tomorrow dealt with. So if we, I appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head. Appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head. Appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head. Appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head. Appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head. Appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head. Appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head. Appreciate if everybody would kind of bow your head.